We're going to pray right now. Heavenly Father, through your word, show us your powerful healing today. I pray that you heal every person in here, especially if there's anyone here that never put Jesus as their Lord and Savior and never accepted him into their heart and the sacrifice on Calvary of his blood for the forgiveness of their sins. I pray they would leave saved. I pray if anyone here is sick in their body, sick in their heart or mind or their spirit, broken relationship, sick in their finances where it just seems like it's a plague. I thank you that you died on the cross for the curse. You removed the curse. You took the curse and nailed it to the cross, and we're not under the curse anymore. But I pray for the process of healing to begin for some, to be in the process even more powerful for others, and for it to be totally healed today. We pray this in Jesus' name as you speak through me to your people. Amen. We're turn to Luke chapter 6. I want to talk to you today about the authority of healing. <laughs> Remember, Jesus asked that guy, do you want to be made well? Because it's not like Jesus ever said, no, I'm not willing to heal you. He never said, I'm not willing to do it. And he never said there was any kind of healing that he couldn't do. He said, if you could believe, anything's possible. The authority of healing. It's Luke. Put that scripture up, please. Chapter 6. Now, it's talking about Jesus. I have a Jesus here somewhere. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, can you come on up, please? As everyone knows, Jesus was Latino. We all know that. Jesus was Latino. And it says that he went up on a mountain to pray. If you look at the verses before that, Jesus speaks Spanish. His name's Jesus, okay? Told you. You thought he was Jamaican. Uh-huh. So he went up on a mountain to pray. And any healing will start with prayer. Does everybody know that? The prayer of faith will show what? Heal the sick. He went up on a mountain to pray. And then he came down from the mountain, and he stood with his disciples. Where's his disciples? Oh, disciples, only disciples. If it says disciple, come up. If it doesn't say disciple, don't come up here. Oh, you're disciples. Oh, yeah, that, this is Peter. This is John. No, <laughs> no, you get up there first. Go up there first, Jesus. You're so quick to, to go. I want you to stay right here. Stay, come down here. Stay second step right here. Second step, second step, second step. So there's Jesus. He's on the mountain. He's on the high place. There's his disciples waiting for him. And finally, there's a crowd. Do I have a crowd here? I got any crowd people here? Oh, we got a crowd. If you're in a crowd, get up here. Oh, that's a crowd, isn't it? Look, right here. Let me tell you, you ever hang out with these two? It's a crowd right here. They'll yeah. talk, talk your ear off. So, look, we have Jesus up on a mountain. We got his disciples waiting for him. And you know what he did? He prayed, and then it says that he chose from his disciples, he chose apostles. You know, how long was Jesus' ministry? Three years? We wait five years to choose pastors, ten years to choose deacons. Within three years, Jesus chose apostles. So, yes, Courtney, you will be a pastor very soon. Because <laughs> you know what? Jesus knew the time was short. I mean, he didn't sit there and wait and watch. He had a bunch of, un, you know, unproven people, but he chose them. And God will choose you sometimes, and then you just have to be ready. 
Amen. Amen. That's not what the story is about today. It is a story of authority. It is a story of healing authority. Okay? And we know that Jesus is number one. Amen? He's on the mountain. And right now, he's on the mountain in heaven. He is number one. But it says he came down with his disciples. So, no, no, no. Jesus, come. He came down. He came down with his disciples. Okay? Then he chose apostles, and then they came down with the crowd. Come on down with the crowd. See this? See that? Look what you just saw there. Jesus came down with his disciples to be with the crowd. The level of authority is there, but everybody gets the benefit. He stood on a level place with the crowd, with his disciples, and with the crowd of people, a great multitude from all over. There's still a hierarchy, okay? But these people had come to hear him. First you need prayer, then you need teaching, and you need people that have come to expect and to hear. You know, there was places where people didn't want to hear Jesus, but they wanted to look at Jesus and, and, and judge Jesus and, 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 and point out his mistakes. It says, where there was doubt like that, where there was unbelief like that, that he wasn't able to do many miracles and healings. Because doubt comes against it. Religion comes against it. But here we have a place where people had come to hear him and to be healed. And it says the whole multitude, the whole crowd sought to touch him. Seek to touch him, crowd, because they wanted to be healed. Touch him. Touch him all. Well, don't touch him all over. <laughs> touch him right here. Touch him where they all touched him. The hem of his garment. Touch the hem of his garment. They didn't touch his arms. They didn't touch his elbows. They touched the hem of his garment. If you see in Matthew chapter 14, it says that the men of the place recognized him. Here's another instance where people recognized who he was. In the same way, these people that came, they came to hear him because they recognized who he was. Do you recognize who Jesus is? Do you recognize the authority of the Son of God in your life? See, people that doubt and people that are full of religion don't recognize who he really is. Recognition brings submission. Everybody say that. Recognition brings submission. And how many people were healed? Everybody that touched him. Everybody in this instance that touched him was healed. Amen. You can all sit down now. You're all healed. Everybody can sit down. Let's give them a hand. They're all healed. Healing is for everybody. There's nobody he can't heal. His grace, his power takes authority over anything that the world can throw on you. His goodness is greater than evil. His glory triumphs any disease or triumphs over any sickness or disease or poverty or depression. Like Jesus coming down from the mountain, we pray on earth as it is in heaven. Bring it down here. You see, because when you recognize his authority and you submit to his authority, you allow the greater to defeat the lesser. Greater is he that is in who? Us now than he that is in the world. By submitting... We allow that power 
to overtake us. We allow it. See, most Christians, their main problem is submission. You know it, Pastor Kev. You love this. I love this about you. Even before you came to our church, we brought you in to teach our congregation about submission and how leadership works. And by the way, some of the people left that didn't like it. And we grew. We doubled. We tripled. Why? Because this is a picture of the church. Jesus, his disciples, the crowd. We have the anointing of God here. We have leaders here. And we have a crowd of people. We have new visitors every week that come here that need something from him. But if we are not submitting to him, they won't submit to what's going on here. They won't recognize it. It's got to be in order. See, a church that understands submission is a church that has great power. Right after this is when Jesus ran into the centurion. And the centurion's servant needed to be healed. And Jesus was willing to go to the guy's house. But the centurion said, you don't even have to go. You just say a word of authority. And then Jesus said this. He said, I haven't found such great faith. It was... He, he only said this a couple times, and both times were it was Gentiles understanding the authority of the Messiah. Do you recognize that what he has is greater than anything the world can throw at you? So why wouldn't you submit to him? Pastor Kev says, likes to say this. It's a very good teaching that I love and I remember. It's when you submit, you take the burden off yourself. When you submit, you take the burden off yourself. If somebody tells you to do something and you do it because you're just submitting, if it goes wrong, guess whose fault? It's not your fault. Submit to Jesus under his authority? But I'm going to tell you this. If you can't submit to leaders in the church, and I'm not saying this so you can submit to the leaders, you know that. But I'm telling you, if you can't, you can't submit to somebody you can't see. Somebody say amen here. (laughs) If you can't submit to somebody you can see, you can't submit to somebody you can't see. And so many Christians are running around from church to church and this and that because they don't want to submit to nobody. Guess what you're going to get? Nowhere. You're going to be sick in this church and that church and that church. You're going to bring the sickness wherever you go until you're ready to submit to what God is doing. And God is doing it here. I'm not ashamed to say that. Not ashamed to say that. See, he has chosen the church, not just Grace Church, the church to bring healing. They were just part of his healing ministry. Jesus comes down with the apostles that he just chose. I mean, wow. Talk about a young church. His ministry was only three years. He didn't choose pastors. He didn't choose deacons. He chose apostles within a year. Hello? And we, sometimes we wait 20 years to p- cho- choose somebody to be an usher. But there is <laughs> some qualification. Sometimes There is some qualification, though. Because when Jesus said to these people, follow me, guess what they did? They followed him without question. And that's the qualification. Not an education, which is fine. Not that you've been in other, people are like, well, I served in this other church for 20 years. I know it's closed now. 
Listen, you need to come into God's church, serve in it, be a part of what he's doing. All of the, all the disciples got to be a part of what he's doing because he came to a level place, came to a level playing field. He brought his healing to them. He has brought his healing to you. Everybody say amen. amen. See, when you recognize it, and when you're in the church and you're part of it, you can take part in the grace that's on it. I can't tell you how many women who came to our church barren <laughs> that we prayed for to have babies right away. We have an anointing for babies here. You know why? Because we got six kids. We know how easy it is. No, it's true. People come to me like, could you pray for me to get pregnant? I'm like, you sure? You sure you want that? Because you're getting pregnant. Trust me. There it is, one right there. I, I, I could have hands raised. They know. Now you're having another one, aren't you? Yeah, it just keeps happening. Then you get twins and triplets and quadruplets. You come up here for the double prayer. I don't know how many you might have. But it's really true, though. It really is. When God is doing something in his church, it's for everybody that's under that umbrella. If you're willing to step in. And that's what that shows there. Now, there's another situation where you're from the outside looking in. There was a certain woman, it says in Luke chapter 8. Yeah, you're a certain woman. Yes, okay, go over there, certain. But <laughs> she looks at me, she's like, is that me? Yeah, I told you for <laughs> Who else is it going to be? <laughs> there was a certain woman, and then Jesus was in the area. Again, this is a different place. Jesus, you were there. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Cristo. No, you're not I Jesus. No, I'm going to give him his thing. Oh, gosh. You're not supposed to take it over. Everybody knows he's Jesus. That's what certain women do. Ah, uh, <laughs> come on up, Jesus. <laughs> certain women, all right. Then, then there was, he was, his disciples were there. His disciples were there. Uh. Yeah, his disciples, are you his disciples? If you are his disciples, you were there with him. And there was a crowd. There was a crowd. Amen. Let everybody see who you are. All right. Oh, we got, we got some bigger disciples. Amen. And then we have a crowd. And then we have religious people. Religious people. See religious people? We got religious people. See? This, this, this is how religious people look, okay? They got this, they got the glasses on, they put it on the edge of their nose. Everybody's pulling their glasses up now. Oh, I see you. Why? Why are religious people like that? Because religious people are always looking at what people are doing instead of what he's doing. Let me say that again. Religious people are always looking at what people are doing instead of what he's doing. Now, I think I have some doubters, too. Don't I have some doubters? Now, I picked two people that are so far from being doubters, so I don't know how they're going to do it. Oh, she's great. <laughs> Come on. No, doubters aren't by the certain women. They're right surrounding Jesus, same thing. See, they doubt. They doubt everything, right? I don't believe it. I heard he opened the eyes of the blind. I don't believe it. I heard he walked on the water. I want to see it again. And let me tell you something. From the people outside, who are you? <laughs> See, she's a certain woman. She's 
got an issue of blood. She's unclean. She's on the outside. She's on the outside looking in. And some people here today are on the outside looking in. Doesn't mean that you're not in church every week because there's people who are at church every week who are still on the outside looking in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. There are people that come to church every week that are still on the outside looking in. They really haven't submitted to the authority of what's going on. And listen, if you realize that today, guess what you can do? You can step in. I see a cloud. I step in. That is my audition for the worship team for today. But you see that song? I love that song because the person says, I see a cloud and I stepped in. A certain woman saw a cloud. <laughs> it was a cloud around Jesus. But you know what? Here, everybody surround Jesus now. Surround him. It says, you know, all these people were pushing and shoving on Jesus. Go ahead, pushing and shoving on him. And disciples are trying to protect him, you know, his bodyguards. And everybody wants a piece of Jesus. But nothing's happening. Nothing's, I, you don't go till I tell you to go. I'm not, she always takes these things on her own, you know. You need to understand submission. <laughs> Wives, submit to your husbands. As unto the Lord and call them master as Sarah did. That's another teaching for another day. And now I'm in trouble, so I got to start all over. <laughs> I love you. You're beautiful. You're special. You're a certain woman that's on the outside. And see, for 12 years, she's been on the outside. And she's had doubt. And she's had fear. And she spent all her money on these same religious people that are blocking Jesus from her. Amen. And somebody, there we go. <laughs> and here's what happens to this woman. She makes a decision. She says something to herself. Everybody knows from right, Matthew. And she, she made a decision. I'm here to tell you, listen, Pastor Kev can't help you make the decision. <laughs> Reconnect Ministries, grunt. As mighty as his ministry is, he can't make you make a decision. The one person you listen to more than anybody else is yourself. That's why, and I always like to say this, that's why somebody could be asking you a question and your answer in your heart is no, but you could be going yes like this. And in your heart, you're going no, but you're saying yes because you don't listen to anybody more than you listen to yourself. How many of you can talk to people and tell them something that you know in your heart you don't, you, you can say something that you're not really believing in your heart? Come on now. I love you. I'll always love you. No, I'm not mad about what happened last week. But in your heart, you're mad. In your heart, you're hurt. And you're telling yourself, you know what? I'll never let that person do that to me again. Or you come into church, that person that bugs you, and you go, good morning, God bless you. And you're thinking, and you're, eh, 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 you got bad thoughts. You know what I'm saying? You don't listen to anybody. Listen, people can convince themselves to take their own life. I convinced myself to go through the roof of a supermarket to rob it to take a chocolate bar. You, you know what I'm saying? And then I took some cigarettes, but that's not the point. The point was you could, tell you, you could talk yourself into some stuff. Some of you had to talk yourself into marrying that person. Amen? 
My wife had to talk herself into marrying me, but that was a great move. <laughs> so here's what happened with the woman. She made a decision with herself, it says. She said to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She made, she's already doing it. I didn't say to do it. I said you said you were going to do it. No, no, no. Oh. I said you said you were going to do it. That was... It's going to be hard. <laughs> See, she made a decision of faith. And some of you today are going to have to make a decision for once. Not just come to church because I sit in the row and I, I smile at everybody. You're going to have to make a decision. That you really want what he has for you. And that it comes from submission to authority. Not the authority of people, the authority of him. And I'll show you that in a second. Because he's got all the goodness you need. He's got all the goodness. Because somebody put that. Jesus isn't supposed to do that. You do that for yeah. Jesus. You're his disciple. Put that. He's got all the goodness you need. And he's full, he's full of the Holy Spirit. And goodness, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is greater than anything the devil can hand you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that his power is authority over everything? Over cancer? Over a broken marriage? Over forgotten dreams and regrets? Is it greater than that? Is his goodness of provision greater than your bank account, what it is right now? Can he not fill it? Can he not change your lost life? Can he not redeem the years that the locust has eaten in your life, which means the wasted time in your life? Can he redeem it all? I started Great Church when I was 40. He can redeem it all. His goodness is greater. It has authority. And look at Jesus. He's not worried. Look at Jesus. Think anything's bothering him? They're making him rice and beans all day. He's doing great, man. Wherever he goes, he's got authority. He's not worried about nothing. So why are you worried? If everything he has is yours. Are you his son? Are you his daughter? So they were, they were crowded around him. Religion was crowded around him. His disciples were around him. Nothing's happening. Everybody's touching him. All of a sudden, she makes a decision, this certain woman. Wait, this is your time, hon. Everybody excited now? So she made her way. She's going to dance now. I can't look. She made her way to Jesus. And she pushed everybody around. Pushed some people. <laughs> and she went down. She was down on her knees. Listen, when she touched his garment, she didn't walk up and go, oh, let me, let me touch it. She came in total submission. Total submission. On her knees, it says, just to touch the hem of his garment, just to submit to the power. And it says as soon as she touched it, she was healed. And then Jesus said, somebody touch me. <laughs> she just, 
You're crying, I know, it's so moving, isn't it? Oh, you're laughing, okay. <laughs> Somebody touched me because he perceived power going out of him. We saw that before in the other times when they touched the hem of his garment. He sensed it. He sensed it. See, because when you come to him in submission by faith, Jesus senses it, and he's excited about it, and power is released from him. You need to make a decision today if you want to be healed. You need to make a decision in your heart that if you submit to what's going on here, that you will be healed. It's on you. It's only on you to submit, though. It's not for you to perform it. You can all sit down. Let's give them a hand. This is Jesus Cristo. Jesus, the healer. The reason I do it so you can see it is so I could, you could see the authority of it. And I'm going to need uh, your talit, Jesus. Can I have your talit, please? See, let me tell you something about this woman. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you like that, don't you? See, the woman was on the outside looking in. She wasn't under it. But by coming in, recognizing who he was, pushing aside religion, pushing aside doubt, she was able to be a part of it. And there's so many people that are on the outside looking in, even though they may have been here for years or in church for years or, you know, every Sunday they get on their knees and pray to somebody and, and all that kind of stuff, you know looking from the outside. Listen to me. She had to make an effort. She made a decision in her own mind, and it didn't matter what anybody else did. She was getting what she needed from him, but in submission, in submission. It says that she touched. You know, Jesus wore a talit. Do you know that? <laughs> Jewish prayer shawl. That's what he wore. And you see now Orthodox Jews who wear, they'll wear their coats and everything, and under it you'll see these things are called tzitzit. Everybody say tzitzit. <laughs> and it's attached to this, which is the wing or the kanaf in the Hebrew. And there's something really powerful about that when it comes to authority. I, I preached a message on this a few years ago. It was called Fringe. Fringe benefits. <laughs> Fringe benefits. Uh, it was my most, believe it or not, my most listened to sermon ever. But um, in the Greek, when it says it touched the hem, it's a Greek word called kraspidon. Kraspidon. It means fringe of a garment. And in the Greek translation of the whole Bible, it's the same word that's used where kanaf is used, which is the word for wing or border. In Numbers 15, 37, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corner of their garments throughout their generations. Put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners and you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it. Remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 5, he said, don't follow the Pharisees. He said, because all their works they do to be seen by men. 
They make their phylacteries broad and enlarge the borders of their garments. They would make these really long so everybody could see. But it didn't matter because religion will not bring you healing. Submitting to the authority of Jesus will. Amen? Let me tell you a little bit about this, okay? The seat seat, and this is a real one. It has a blue thread through here. There's, there's seven white threads here. There's five knots, okay? And um, there's eight threads. That's 13. And the numerical value, because Jews, as you know, I'm half Jewish, so we're really good with numbers. I don't know if you knew that, but most of us are. We love numbers. Actually, that, that was from the book of Numbers <laughs> when he said to make this. But um, the word seed seed, the numerical value is 600. There's eight strands plus five knots, so that's 613. You know what 613 is, right? That's the number of commandments that were given to the people of Israel. 365 of them were thou shall nots, and 248 of them were thou shalls. And I thought about that, it's like 365, one thing every day that you shouldn't do. <laughs> my wife gives me my command every morning. <laughs> Here's one thing you better not do today. But the seven strands here, which is, talks about God's complete, completion, seven is the number for completion, and we know that this represents his commandments, his word. And there's one blue strand. Why is there a blue strand? Why did he say put a blue strand in there? Do you know that in biblical times, there was no such thing as just getting a blue shirt? And blue almost, their blue was more like a purple. You also notice, you know the, that the Hebrew flag is what, blue and white? They got it from the Talit. Did you know that? They got it from the Talit. But uh, the blue was, you remember Lydia in the New Testament? Lydia who made die? She was one of the richest people who ever got saved. Because to make this blue dye, you needed something called a munex, is it? Snail, okay? This snail had blue dye in it. And they would get all these snails, and we're not talking tens or hundreds. We're talking thousands of these snails to get one blue thread. Shows you value. Shows you what? Authority. Only the royals have a blue thread. I mean, now you get something blue, purple, every color you want for nothing. Back then, it, talked, it was valuable. His authority is valuable. His anointing is valuable. This was the color of a king. And it says that she came to touch these, which first of all represents his word, and second, the authority of his word. The authority of his word. Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word to heal us. Would you be under the authority of his word to be healed? Would you allow his word to heal you? Would you allow the greater that is in him to heal what the enemy is bringing on you? Because that greater that is in him is in you now? Would you submit to that? Do you want to be healed? Do you, that's the question Jesus would always ask. Do you really want it? You're going to have to make a decision to submit to the authority. Now, we don't know, but it's very possible that she knew Malachi 4.2. 
being it was the last prophetic book written before the New Testament, I'm sure it was fresh in their mind. And it said, to you who fear my name, and that doesn't mean you're scared of God, but you respect him, you revere him, you submit to him. The son of righteousness, of course, that's Jesus, shall arise with what? Healing in his what? Wings. Remember the word wings is the word kanaf? Same as this, healing in his wings. Healing in his kanaf. Healing in his authority. Hallelujah. She recognized something. They recognized something. And they went to touch it and draw on it. You can draw on God's word and the authority, authority of it, and healing can be brought into your life. You know how we know that that represents authority? I'm not just going to give you one scripture. I'm going to give you three. <laughs> Look at Ruth. Barely ever in the book of Ruth, but we're there today. Ruth was a young woman with her, with her mother-in-law, Naomi. She had lost her husband. Now she was a widow. She needed a husband. How many of you single ladies would like to have a husband? Come on, raise your hand right now. Come on, don't be shy. Come on. I don't care how old you are. My daughters aren't here. It's fine. <laughs> so if they raise their hand, no. So it says that <laughs> she went with her to be with uh, Naomi's people, and uh, she met this rich guy. How many of you single ladies wouldn't mind marrying a rich guy? Stop, put your hand down, honey. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was going up. I knew it. <laughs> and, you know, she went out in the field, and he noticed her. She went out in the field to be noticed. Listen, ladies, you want to find somebody? Go get noticed out there. Go ahead. Show yourself. When I say, single lady looking to get married, don't go like this. Let everybody know you're in the game. Amen. Ladies, how many of you here went after your husband? Come on now, raise your hand. Come on, Michelle. Hey. I heard the stories. So this Boaz, you know, they go out and it's time, you know, they're going to have, they're going to party now. <laughs> There's a party. They just got a harvest. And he's eating and drinking and his heart was cheerful. He went to lie down at the end of a heap of grain and she came softly and uncovered his feet and laid down. Listen, ladies, you want a husband? Find him when he's sleeping. Take the covers off his feet and lay down right there. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and he turned himself and there was a woman lying at his feet. And he said, he didn't say, who are you? He said, who are you? <laughs> I think. And she said, I'm Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wings, under your authority. I would have said, you don't have to stay down there at the corner. Come over here under all these wings. But anyway, and then she said to him, for you were a close relative. You do that now, you get shot. All right, so forget that part. That's another study and another sermon. Point is, point, somebody got it. Point is, she came under his authority. His feet, you know, I, you know what woke him up? She took the cover over his feet. His feet were cold. And she came up under there and she said, put me under your wing, under your authority. Do you see that? Do you see the authority of his word? 
Do you see the authority of his power? Do you see the authority of who he is? All we have to do is submit to that. It takes the burden off us and puts it on him, and it's just where he wants it. Look at 1 Samuel 24. We're almost done here. Worship team, you can go up. David. David, listen, you know what I love about David and I love about Joseph? Two of my favorite people in the Bible. Not just because my name is Joseph and my brother's name is David. I just thought about that. But they understood authority, especially David. David was under authority that wasn't fair. David respected a king that wasn't a real king. David's, David's submission went to the point where the guy he was submitting to was trying to kill him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Did you ever have a boss that you'd submitted to that treated you like garbage? Did you ever have somebody that you submitted to that wasn't really, you know, the Bible says to honor your mother and father. It doesn't say that they have to be great parents. You just do it. Let me tell you something. You can ask my wife. I understand submission because I submitted to some people that hurt me. But I said, I will not. Mm -mm. I will not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Whoever the Lord puts in authority in your life is who you need to submit to. Sorry. That's just the way it goes. Can you pass the test? Because if you can't submit to people, you definitely can't submit to somebody you can't see. Amen. I submitted to a boss who treated me so bad that I, I mean, I almost didn't make it. But my wife and I said, you know what? You submit because you're going to be blessed through that situation. Look at David. He submitted to Saul, who when he went to Saul's house for dinner, he was eating his hamburger, and Saul took a spear and threw it at him at the dinner table. Now that's submission. And here's what happens. David and his men are hiding in a cave from Saul. And I'm just going to tell you like it is. This is what happened. Saul went into the cave to go to the bathroom. Everybody said, you know, people have to go to the bathroom. I know it sounds crazy. The only reason Saul was alone was because he went to go to the bathroom. That's why his people weren't with him. They would never let him go somewhere without protecting him. Some people go for this other translation that he went to sleep. That's not what happened because his people would have been surrounded. His armor bears would have been right next to him. He went in there to go to the bathroom, and it says that David cut off. He cut this off. He cut off his kanaf. He cut off the corner of his robe. And then later on, he says, when Saul left, and Saul, he felt bad because he, he, you know, Saul was walking around without one of his corners of his prayer shawl. It was like an embarrassment. And David came out and said, look, I'm not in rebellion. I'm in submission to you. I could have taken your life. But I just caught, cut this off to show you that as long as you're the king, I'm submitted to you. Listen to me. You need to submit to what God is doing in your life. If this is your church, you need to submit what God is doing through the people in the church. They're never going to be perfect. But God chose them. God chose them. Think about that. When Jesus chose the apostles and they came down with the people, the people didn't start. To, Why did God choose those people? I don't like the way they look. They were just happy to hear the word and be healed. They were just happy to touch 
and draw on the power and authority of God. What's your attitude? Amen. Submit to the authority of salvation right now. The rest of the worship team, you can come up. I want to make sure that everybody here has put their faith and trust in Jesus. You know what it is to put your faith and trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross? Here's what it is. It's to say, I submit to what you did. You died on the cross. Your blood covers my sin. I've made a lot of mistakes, but you know what? You said if I come to you and submit to you, that I can be saved. I can be healed. I can be delivered and set free. If I put my faith and trust in what you did, Jesus. Isn't it amazing? He went to the cross, and then he said, if you want what I have, all you have to do is receive it. It's like, it's like someone has commanded you to take something good. Will you submit to that? Will you receive what he did for you? How great is that? When you can submit to somebody who gave their whole life for you. You know when someone saved somebody's life? Anybody here have someone saved their life miraculously? Yeah, that was me, right? No. How do you feel towards that person? If you were drowning and somebody threw you a lifesaver, how, the rest of your life you would be like, how could I serve you? What could I do for you? What could I do? Jesus has saved your life. Now what could you do for him? Let's bow our heads. I want to make sure that everyone here has received that salvation. Listen to me right now. If you've never said this prayer to receive Jesus as Lord of your life, today is your day. Today is your day to submit to what he did, all of his goodness. When you submit to his goodness, guess what you get? His goodness. He wants to give you a new life. A life of victory, a life of peace, a life of joy, a life of healing, a life of meaning, a life of purpose. So say this prayer with me according to Romans 10, 9. Lord, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sins. His blood covers every mistake I've ever made. I want to change my life today, God. I receive your son into my heart. His power into my life. I pray this in Jesus' name.